the hard truth of Tony Schaefer, powered by Sig Sauer. Never settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. I recommend you carry the best. Sig Sauer is the best. Arm up, be prepared, train often, never settle. We are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out at Project Sentinel, projectsentinel.com.net. Uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, or X, whatever you call it now, YouTube, Rumble, etc., etc. And obviously, we're here every week, and we have a video and audio version of our show. So without further ado, we're bringing in uh, my dear friend, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Danny Davis. Danny is a fellow whistleblower. We met when he was uh, deciding to tell the truth on Capitol Hill. And, and one of the things I learned a long time ago is uh, truth is not a popular thing in the nation's capital. I, I think people are... It's like uh, it's like the the plague. They don't want anything to do with it. So, Danny, uh, oh, wow. welcome to the Hard Truth, and uh, I'm glad to have you here. I'm really glad to be here. Anything that has to do with the truth, I'm all in on it. So, you have a show that has to do with truth, right? Is, am I am I correct on that? I do yeah, yeah. It's the Daniel Davis Deep Dive, uh, where we take a look at the the uh, issues that are trending in foreign policy and military affairs at any given time, and then we go deeper on them. Uh, you know, you see like a three minute newscast or you hear somebody talking about something, but you don't get a chance to really understand what's going on. And even when I like go on, you know, any of these uh, CNN or Fox or whatever, I, I get to talk like 40 seconds at right. a time. And then that's right. about it. So we have a show where we go into depth on what's going on, which is why we had you on there not long ago. So we could get down into the truth. Well, we had a great conversation, by the way. I hope people check it out. We'll make sure they have the link to it. We're a bit more snarky over here. We want to get into the deep dive, but <laughs> But uh, we go into deep dives such as, did you know, Danny, this is a trivia. Did you did you see that um, Secretary of State uh, Tony Blinken uh, was a- advertising, trying to put together a global rock and roll band at the State Department? Did you see that? Yeah, that was painful to watch. I, it I was painful. And, but, you know, it's painful because he actually was a guitar player in college. Did you know that he was part of a band? Didn't know and that. His nickname was Spanky Banana. Probably so, didn't want to know that. Yeah, that's exactly. See, see, we go a deep dive in ways you don't necessarily want to go, but it's still funny, right? Fair so, enough. <laughs> that's right. So without further ado, Danny and I met when Danny decided that uh, the truth was more important in his career. So uh, we are both lieutenant colonels who have uh, come through the the uh, cauldron of, of um, I don't even know what to call it, because I think you and I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you and I both had a perception, perhaps naive, that if you go up and tell the truth, everything is going to be just fine. That, you know, basically our job is uh, members of the military, especially officers who've taken the oath of office. I think there's something about an obligation to basically uh, support the Constitution. And the Constitution is something that requires uh, vigilance relating to deception. And you know, I had experience doing all sorts of spooky things. I was a, you know, I'm a spook. I'm a spy, but my loyalty was, I don't think my, nobody's ever questioned my loyalty to the country. Thank God. But, um, I found that being loyal to the country and the constitution was something that was a bit unique, Danny. I, I, did you have a similar experience when, when you, you know, you know it's, your... it's so ironic, Tony, because in our training, and I'm talking for, from second lieutenant yeah. all the way up, yeah. we are trained to tell the truth. We're yeah. told that you have to be candid. You have to give the hard truth, no matter what it is, because the higher headquarters need to know that. Right. And, you know, and you know the, the seven army values, integrity is, is high up in there. 
And then something happens when you get up into the higher ranks that those things sort of disappear. And now then you're punished if you tell the wrong truth. Now right. you can tell the truth. It's popular. That's cool. You get a pat on the back. But if you start telling the truth about things that people don't want to know about in public or that go against what the, the narrative is, then, then it's a different story. And I, if I ever had any naivete about what would happen, uh, I'm not sure I had a lot, but you definitely cured me of that before I went public <laughs> because we had a lot of conversations uh, privately with a, a small group of people, you know, to, to help me out, to help me understand what I was about to face when I went public with the truth. And so I, I did go with it with clear eyes and was, you know, we'd seen some of our other friends, some of the people who were in that group that were, were crushed and hammered by the authorities when they went public. So uh, I had no expectation that things were going to turn out okay, but uh, God willing that they did end up. And I'm very grateful for that. Well, that's part of the, I think, um, one of the pieces of advice I got from the late Dr. Peter Pry was don't go away, stay public. Don't let them get to you to the point of where you become irrelevant or sho shoved aside because that's what they're seeking. They're seeking to make you irrelevant. And if you think back, Danny, so much of what they were going after you on was minutiae. It had nothing to do with the truth. It was all about trying to, yeah, but he one time actually didn't shine his boots before formation. And because because he didn't shine his boots, you can't. He's not a credible guy. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's they, that's what they do, right? I mean, yeah. Or or in my case, once they said, yeah, he actually once didn't shave by a certain time of the day in in the in a combat zone. And wow, I I guess it's true. I I, I didn't that day, but uh, interesting. You want to go there? <laughs> oh, I did far worse things in combat. Just saying, just far worse. You know. Darkheart, it's all it's all in there, man. Yeah. That, that full body massage of a female NCO really got to him. Just saying that 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 was not that was not very popular at the Pentagon. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, okay, you know, you want to get me on something? No, the other thing they came after me on, and, and you're going to laugh at this. So I'm undercover. Uh, I'm there as a different person, you know, an alias, and I'm wearing civilian clothes. Like I'm, you know. For those watching, you can see the cover of Operation Darkheart on my wall. It's It's got a picture of me on the cover with the goatee. So we were outside the wire and uh, in, un, in unarmored vehicles, Toyota 4x4s for the most part, took it Tacomas. By the way, great truck. Uh, never had a problem with it. We were running these things. And you, you're you familiar with the old Russian road or the new Russian road, I should say, new Russian road from Bagram to, to Kabul, right? Mm -hmm. So we would run it often because we had to do special operation stuff in Kabul. I, I don't want to get into details because they're still considered top secret, believe it or not, even to this day. Uh, we were doing reconnaissance for a certain three-letter agency that's not CIA, just saying. And um, when we were doing these things, we're outside the wire. And so what we do to, because we had unarmored vehicles and IEDs were a threat, we would run these things at 100 miles an hour on straightaways. I, I kid Man. you not, 100 miles an hour. <laughs> That's a risk. You're taking your life in your hands. Forget the IED. That, those roads are pretty literally, bad. Literally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the idea is you're trying to make it make it more difficult for them to set something off because you're moving so fast. And then once you get to Kabul, you take the seat belts off, roll the windows down, and you're always vigilant to have somebody either shoot at you or throw something in the back of the truck. So we these are trucks. So the, the uh, DOD IG comes to me. And during one of my interrogations regarding able danger, and they say, uh, Colonel Schaefer, we have it on good authority. You ran dangerous convoys. And well, you're like, is there a safe convoy? In I, I know it's like I'm sitting there. It's like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Well, they were unsafe. It's like, excuse me. It's like, well, people complained. 
Did they come back in one piece? Oh, yeah, they did. Was anybody ever injured? Uh, no, I, I, as a matter of fact, uh, my attorney at the time said, you don't have to answer that. It's like, no, I'm going to answer this. I don't care. I said, uh, let me tell and I, I went through, I said, do you, this is how we run convoys. And I explained to them what I just mentioned to, to the audience here. Does that sound unsafe to you? Well, yes, it does. Does it sound unsafe that we're going and being shot at by folks in the mountains? Well, it is unsafe. Yeah, fundamentally, combat is unsafe. It's an unsafe set of, of activities, which we are engaged in on a daily basis. Yeah, I I mean, said, uh, only somebody could ask the question who never went outside the wire yeah, in, in I know. hostile country. I know. And so I'm sitting there, I'm going through all this with him. It's like, but I, I said, do you, did you have one uh, incident where I damaged a vehicle? No. How many convoys do you have recorded for me as a combat convoys? 48. So you're telling me that, a fi- although I ran more, you're telling me you have on the record 48 combat convoys, reconnaissance convoys, where I didn't have a single casualty on our side. I mean, we don't we don't count yeah. the Taliban. We had no friendly casualties, either killed or injured. We had no loss of vehicles. We had n- zero issues relating to vehicles either breaking down or being damaged. And so you're telling me I ran unsafe convoys. I mean, that's how ludicrous the questioning was and how out of touch this was. But but to the point we're trying to make to the audience, they'll go after anything they think they can use, no matter how insane, if they want to try to find a way to to dig into your credibility. So, as long yeah. as it's not the, the actual core of the right. subject. Yeah. Anything but that. Yeah. So, and then, you know, speaking of that, so uh, they made my book, Operation Darkheart, one of the reasons they, they were, they made it the bestseller because they were upset with me. Oh, we're going to get you. We're, you and your little dog too. And uh, <laughs> no, I'm sure they went. So they basically, you know, made it a point to make, we're going to make an example of you. It's like, okay, we're going to buy the first 10,000 copies and destroy it. It's like, Okay, I don't think it's going to have the effect you want. Yeah, but for sure, it helps my sales, so I'm knock all your, for it. Knock yourself out. Have a good time. Oh, we're upset with you. And then the other time, and, and again, I was in, in career cover. I don't want to get into too much detail because, again, that's, that's sensitive how we do it. But um, but in career cover, you know, you're not acknowledged as an intelligence officer. You're, you know, like a, a management analyst. That was one of my favorite covers, management analyst. What do you do? Oh, I analyze management. Oh, that's exciting. So anyway, my point being, the one thing that's most difficult for a, a spy to have coming out of the cold is credibility. And boy, boy, howdy, did they give me that. Yes, he's a spy and we're pissed at him. So their own stupidity of being angry without regard to consequences ended up working back against them. And I think you had similar experience where they went after you, all this, uh, all the the punches they threw did not really lend a blow. And that's my point is it's a a great compliment that you are here still standing. And by the way, well regarded by people around the globe. I hear your name all the time in podcasts I listen to. So kudos to you. Uh, Oh, thanks. And that's what the next thing I want to talk about is the fact that you're credible in a way that people don't, don't like who are in the government. I guess it's a consistent factor, Danny. You keep saying things that people don't like inside the government, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because look, I mean, when when you've had the, the combat experience that you and I have, and, and just the career that we've had, and the the independent study that we've done on top of all that, the professional development, all those things give you a, a base of knowledge and understanding through which you can view the world that that just not a lot of people have. Uh, you know, they they'll look at something like say in, in the Russia Ukraine war, and they'll they'll see what they want to see. They they want to see we know Russia bad, Ukraine good. 
Russia evil, Ukraine, the good guy. So we'll support this guy and they'll lose because that's how it works in our movies. So that's how it'll work here. And then they'll talk uh, like the current situation here in the, in the Kherson area. There's yeah. a, a, Please a, go a into it. Yeah, that's a, great. Across a, uh, uh, the uh, river down there. And the Ukraine side has, has created a, a bridgehead on the Russian side of that. There, I, I read something the other day, I think it was in Forbes, where they're saying, oh, the, finally, there's been a big push and, and the, the offensive is finally working and putting all the naysayers to silence. And, and I'm like, OK, if you back zoom out a little bit and look at the map in that region, it's just a little tiny dip that they have over there. And there's no chance that they're going to get like armored formations rolling across that because the minute they come out, they're going to get the same treatment they did in the, the Zaporizhia area right. in, back in June and July. So it, it has no strategic significance at all. It's just tactical movement uh, and, and it's, it's not going to go anywhere, but people want to believe that. So they hype up that story, but people like you and I can say, look, they did, they got a tactical success across, but what are they going to do with it? It's not going to change the operations, much less the strategy. So let's talk about that because I was on earlier today taping with the judge, you know, judge Napolitano, we're on with him often. And you, uh, uh, um, uh, Matthew Ho, Matt, Matt Ho, Matt, Matt and I are friends. Uh, uh, and then Doug McGregor were all mentioned as folks who actually um, have been essentially going against the narrative. And it's interesting because not all of our peers, Danny, take the tools they've been given and use them for purposes of independent thought and uh, being uncharacteristically um, direct relating to, uh, yeah, that narrative, it's not true. And You've been consistent. Matt's been consistent. Doug's been consistent Doug's for the past year yeah. saying this is not going to work out for the Ukrainians, no matter how you cut it. And everybody thought we were crazy. Oh, you're just being negative. You're pro Putin. It's like, no, I, I fought a cold war to beat Putin and the Russians and Soviets. So I, I, I'm not, I, you know, I believe we should Here, not be Here's involved. the weird thing, Tony, now, on that same point there. Yeah. You know who they are listening to, though? David Petraeus. And oh, my God. Here. That dude went on. I, and I, we actually did this on one of our show. I, I pulled the clip out on May. Yeah. Well, I believe it was May 31st. He came out and he said the Ukraine side is now trained up in combined arms warfare. They've I got all that. these tanks and stuff. And I think the Russian side is going to collapse. He actually said he thinks they're going to collapse. And what's he saying now when nothing, they barely dented the line after four months. Silence. And no yeah. one's going back to him and saying, hey, how come you were so wrong back then that allegedly a core commander and a CIA director, shouldn't you have known this ahead of time? Why do they not ask him that question? I think he picked the wrong day to give up sniffing glue. So I'm just saying, no, it's, it's okay. So uh, Bob Hayes and I are friends from airplanes, so I can use Bob's uh, airplane lines from airplane. So with, with impunity, well, that's but good. As with, with that said, um, I don't have a drinking problem either. So I, I do. I, so, so I don't. So anyway, Anyway, so Dave Petraeus is the perfect example of a of a well paid uh, stooge. I think he's paid to say complete insanity. What do you? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, how do you how do you live with yourself and and present such a complete uh, and utter falsehood to the American public and somehow? sleep at night. I don't know. How, how does one do that? Because he was robbed. After years of doing the same thing in the Afghan war, which was also graphically proven to be disastrous in August, 2021. Yeah. Still no consequence. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I I'm tired in a way uh, that you and a handful of us just keep going out there and saying, no, this is nonsense. Are you crazy? It's like, okay, but we're right. I mean, we may be crazy. I'm crazy, but we're right. And you're wrong. And yet somehow it's always, you know, 
the 51 intelligence officers saying Hunter Biden hard drive is a, is a Russian. It's like, no, I've got it. I got a copy. I know it's not, it's real. Uh, all the things that if, if you go against the narrative, if you say, uh, based on my professional experience and my direct knowledge, this is wrong. Oh, you're just being negative. No, I'm not. I'm being factual. And that's what I mean. It's like, and, and Hodges, What's this Ben Hodges oh. deal? I mean, oh yeah, that that one's almost as bad as Petraeus. Well, maybe it is as bad. <laughs> well, Hodges, at least Petraeus has you know a bit of a a, a stylized haircut. This Hodges looks like he he was uh, rejected from Patton's mess mesk uh, tent or something, you know, I mean, and, and my he, God, he came out even as, as late as July of this summer still was saying that Ukraine would be in Crimea by the end of August. Yeah. I remember and that. We're, we're, they never even got past the, the Jerry Bianchi, like one of the very first tiny little villages. Where is he today? Where is he? Like people explaining or having to explain to people, why did you say this? And so none of that happened. How is that possible? So let me ask you a broader question, because I think our record speaks for itself. You know, over and over, we've done our best to say, I don't care what the narrative is. This is not accurate. And yet we're the bad guys at the time. Oh, you know, you're just being negative. Yeah. But we're always, I think, 99.9% proven right. And yet somehow, Danny, they still look at Petraeus like an expert. Right. I mean... They betray, for God's sake, that he was sleeping with his biographer, Paula, Paula Broadwell. I know the guy who built a tunnel. You've been to Bagram. I know the guy who built the tunnel between Paula Broadwell's quarters and Petraeus, his quarters there at Bagram, oh, so yikes. they could do midnight dictation. Oh, I mean, I, I'm not joking. Come on. This is so somehow this guy is the credible font of information. I'm no saint. I'm not saying that because I have I have a high horse I'm on. I'm simply saying that this guy has the same foibles of every other individual who's ever been to combat, and yet he it purposely misrepresents the, the reality in which we live for purposes of trying to benefit a political cause or party. Yeah, I, 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 that's dereliction of duty as far as I'm concerned, even if, even if he's retired. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's just discouraging that people still give him that microphone and, and no one yeah. asking the hard questions. And they, I saw him on a show the other night. I won't say which one, but it was, it was a major one. And, and the, the host said, you know, I've got, we got a great show tonight because we want to know what the strategy is going to be for Hamas in this war here. And mm. I've got the the best one who knows strategy more than anyone, David Petraeus. And, and I was just speechless. Cause I'm like, you, he was just shown again to be dramatically wrong in his assessment of what's going on. And look, you and I are not perfect. We don't have a crystal ball to have perfection in what we're talking about. But I mean, no. we've got a, a solid track record of being right on all the major issues right. for over a decade. And they still, uh, when the exact black and white opposite of that record on these guys like him and Hodges, and they still keep giving them this reverence. It's just puzzling to me. Well, uh, it's interesting that you should mention that the the reference given to these these so-called general officers is, is so prevalent even now, even after they've been wrong, speaks volumes of where we're at politically. Because I think that's a political derivative of the fact that you have people who have become politicians politicians in uniform. Uh, and I didn't come up that with that term. A term I think my friend Chris Plant over at Newsmax and WMAL said that. But they basically. Uh, to your point, we're taught from being a lieutenant, your job is to assess, uh, figure things out, be honest, be truthful, uh, follow the orders 
of your superiors to the best of your ability. And through all circumstance, your job is to take reasonable risk to basically come out and try to do things which will result in a reason that you create, have a reasonable expectation of a favorable outcome. Danny, I don't think these people want favorable outcomes at this point. Or, well, I mean, maybe they want a favorable outcome to their preference. And, and I don't know what it is, Tony. It's either they're aware of some of the things that we're saying and they know the chances are really low anyway, but there's some kind of benefit, whether it's financial or political or some combination thereof, to go down a certain route. And they're just not worried about the outcome. Or the, the maybe the more scary one is that they're not aware of this and they actually believe what they're saying. And that's the that's the more scary outcome to me, because then that means if you have that kind of clouded judgment and you're in a position of power and authority, you may make a decision based on our actual security someday based on the same flaws and get us sucked into something we should never be in or or make decisions under fire that we should never make. And that's going to cost a lot of American lives. That's that's what I worry about. So that brings me back in, uh, to the, the central point of what I'd like us to focus on. Everybody that I know who signed up to the military signed up for a variety of reasons. I mean, I'm not saying everybody signed up for patriotic reasons, but ultimately, if you take the oath of office, the belief is in most people, no matter who they are from any race, color, creed, they believe that if they're ordered to do something, that order is being done to defend the equities and interests of the Constitution of the United States. Do you believe that we have leaders right now who are cognizant of the fact that people, veterans, I just did the, the first annual, uh, first inaugural veterans parade in D.C. and I spoke to this. Do you believe those leaders appointed above us at this point actually have that cognizance of the responsibility they have to use properly the military men and women of our nation? Well, I mean, they say that in, in speeches, but I mean, you just got to look at the track record. And I, I, I mean, I can't say with any confidence they do. Well, I think that's that's something that needs to be examined, because I think I know political leaders. You do, too. As a matter of fact, you're, you're you know, one of um, my mentors and friends is it was very close friends with one of the folks you deal with a lot of. Walter Jones, Representative Walter Jones, who yeah. you met, Walter. I did. God bless, God rest his soul. Walter's uh, yeah. departed, actually passed Terrific, in office. Uh, been yeah. our, uh, honor to meet him. And yeah. he and he never he was dogged. He is like I'm no saint, and yet he never gave up on trying to make sure that I, you know, I retired in his office and everything else. Mm. And that's and that's part of the issue here is that there are cer certain politicians who see what you and I see. They recognize the flaws in the system that it's basically set up for people like you and I for to, to be essentially used and discarded if we decide to focus far too much on the inconvenient truth of reality rather than the popular myth or narrative that is being promoted by politicians. How do we how do we how do we deal with that? Well, you know, I, I think, man, bringing up Walter Jones is, is a great example of why this stuff doesn't happen and why you like Petraeus and, and uh, these other generals of that ilk succeed. Because he, during the Iraq war, he was a big cheerleader, freedom fries and all that kind of stuff that, yeah. that he was doing at the time and cheerleading that on. And then once he became aware of the truth and realized he actually came forward and did the right thing. And he kept did. His, responsibility to the Constitution and his duty as a congressman. And what happened to him? He was sidelined the rest of his career. Right. I mean, he was he, he was at 20 at something years. I remember he told me 
before his last reelection, before he passed on, but before he got reelected the last time that he was, you know, feeling weary because, you know, he was beating a drum that no one's listening to. And he's, he's not on any committee chairs. He's not a committee chair of anything because this Republican party stripped him of all that because they didn't want someone out there telling the truth. And that message, I guarantee you, I know of other members of Congress that refuse to take that kind of uh, principle stand, refuse to do the right thing, even though they may know it, because they see that there actually is a cost to, to doing this. Right. And sometimes, they, you know, they'll actually work against them in a, in a primary. And I've seen that work, too. Oh, we they tried that with Walter. With courage. They tried that with Walter. It didn't work down here. I, I, I live in Walter's district now, and no, oh, everybody okay. knew Walter. Yeah, everybody knew Walter. That wasn't going to fly. It's like Walter was over reelected. But that's part of it, is that I knew Walter during that time, too. And he was very loyal to me, and I was very loyal to him. And, and part of that is, and I, I, I'm constantly being told, oh, you're friends of Walter Jones. He was anti-war. It's like, no, he was not anti-war. He was anti-stupid war. Yes. He was anti the Key idea different. of just uh, unlimited and continuous use of military forces for purposes of, of, of uh, dominion and empire. That, that's not our job. And Bru our friend Bruce Fine feels that way, too. So Bruce is, is very much a, a, on that. So so I appreciate the fact that we've had this discussion. And again, I, I hope the audience understands you and I are not anti-war. I mean, we wouldn't have put the uniform on if we're anti-war. Absolutely I think, not. I, I, I want a strong national defense, and, and I would fight again tomorrow in a heartbeat if our country was attacked and they needed us. I, I wouldn't hesitate. I'm definitely not anti-war. But I think this is the issue because you and I uh, go against the narrative. We get light labeled as, oh, you're you're not really for uh, uh, the, the Pentagon being successful. It's like, no, I'm for the Pentagon being successful because the way uh, overfunding right it, things. making it into a, a fat, fetid pig with everything it wants is not the way to win a war. And right. uh, and I'm just, you know, I, I've been. I love your stuff. Anti-stupid war. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's a good term. Well, the other thing I say on. is, is uh, I don't want an expensive defense. I want an effective defense. I mean, you exactly. know. Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, it's interesting that we have more generals now than we did during World War II. That, that's a real benefit. We have uh, a, a very large strategic force that I don't know if they know how to use it because it's like so uh, uh, overfunded and 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 not focused. So it's going to be interesting how things transpire. So anyway, we're going to go to part two of the show here. Danny can't stick around for the entire second half of the show, but we're going to get him back and we're going to talk about some of the current events. Uh, stand by. We're going to be back with uh, part two of The Hard Truth in just one moment. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems, and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global Healing giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. 
Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. Hey, this is the Hard Truth Tony Schaefer, part two. Still powered by Six Hour, never settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. The very best is Six Hour, and you should carry the best, especially in personal defense. Uh, real quick shout out to Cherie Curry, who does our, our bumper and theme music. Cherie, we love you. We're going to have her on uh, one of our other uh, shows here in the very near future with the, the entire team, Culture Wars team. That'll be a, a great outing. And uh, we're on the America Out Loud talk radio network and their podcast network as well so and we're project sentinel project sentinel.com.net check us out facebook twitter youtube rumble etc 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 back with danny davis my friend danny davis lieutenant colonel retired uh does his deep dive uh, program we're we're gonna make sure you check it out i was on with him recently he's on my show now and we're going through a bunch of things that relate to uh, our experience as whistleblowers, and we're going to roll it into national to, to national security of issues of today, real quick, because Danny's got to go soon. So we're joined now by the uh, the persuasive Elizabeth Breckenkamp, uh, right down there in the corner, and then uh, <laughs> the ever pyronic and and always hot, hot, hot Chris Cordani. 
So uh, welcome, uh, Danny. Uh, we appreciate you being here, and we're going to jump right into this. So I'm going to open up to the floor in a second, but one of the things that's notable is that we just went through this veterans parade that I did this, uh, a few days ago. And um, if it wasn't for veterans, and I said this in my very short two-minute speech, Danny, is that our job as veterans, as military members, is to preserve the very fabric of our disagreements. We have often messy disagreements. But I would argue that the fact is our job is to preserve that very fabric for purposes of, of uh, protecting uh, the interests of the American people. Would you agree with that? I 100 percent agree with that. You know, this, there's a lot of different views and you can just take the, the whole uh, Palestinian Jewish issue right now is, is a real hot one. And you see yeah. that in some quarters, man, in, in, on both sides of the issue, that someone who's saying something against the side you like, you want to shut them up and literally yeah. get them kicked out of the country. Nobody wants to allow the other side to talk at all. Uh, and that's bad for America. I agree. So if anybody needs to be kicked out of the country, I think it's Hillary Clinton. But you didn't hear that. Mm -hmm. here. I mean, <laughs> but I digress. Mm -hmm. I digress. So but anyway, so, OK, uh, uh, Chris, Elizabeth, who, who wants to go first and ask Danny a question? I'll drive the van. That's what I'll do. All right. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Elizabeth, uh, I, I got to, uh, well, I wasn't going to ask a question. I did want to say something about this whole uh, oh. getting, getting other people kicked out of the country and everything. Discourse in America is horrible. We, you, you've discussed it. We've talked about it here on the program. Mm -hmm. People don't realize it still may not be as bad as it was back in the mid 19th century. We mm. didn't know half this stuff. There was no internet to, uh, to show off what was going on in Congress and, um, I'm pretty sure there was more than just an elbow to the kidney going around to some of these people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Elbow right. to the kidney. But it's not like this is the first time this happened. People have to understand that. They're, they're, we do have a history, and this is what it's like. You kind of have to have representatives with courage to fight each other. I mean, maybe not, as I said, fight each other with the fists and uh, call each other Smurfs, but that's a different story. The, the fact is we do need people who are brave and not, and, and not afraid to stand up to maybe a bully on the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, that's, I, I like that point there because uh, having heated disagreements means both sides have to be willing to talk and listen. Uh, but, you know, so many to the time today, there's so much pressure on people who say, quote, the wrong thing or the, the not popular narrative. And, and they, they cow too quickly and they, you know, they duck their shoulders, tuck their tail. They say, oh, I'm sorry. They don't say anything else, even though they really didn't mean it. Uh, and, and, and that silences, the, you know, the, the conversation. And that's you know, part of why a lot of them are so adamant on their side, because they want to silence the other side. But there's got to be some willingness right. to take the heat. Exactly. Um, well, that's kind of like uh, whenever the left calls anyone who's conservative, uh, racist, um, yeah, homophobic, whatever. So many conservatives, uh, you know, they let them shut it up. The thing is, if you know you're not racist and somebody calls you that, let it go like water off a, a, a duck. You know, it's like, you know, you're not. So why do you let them intimidate you? You know, but um, I kind of want to go back to. Um, so I was doing some research. Um, Daniel, you had written a, in September uh, an article about imagining the unimaginable. What happens if Ukraine can't beat Russia? So there's a guy, Larry Johnson at the Gateway Pundit, who wrote his own op ed critiquing your article. And he had said, um, this is a quote, bravery under combat does not mean you're qualified to do analysis. And then throughout the, <laughs> a little bit later in the article, he says, oh, no. there's, he says, yeah. there's nothing the U S can do at this point. Of course, now this is this dude's own opinion. 
There's nothing the U.S. can do at this point to alter the outcome short of starting a nuclear war. Russia is no longer mm. fighting this war alone. Russia has the backing of China and many other nations. And I was just reading that like just earlier. Mm. And so I'm thinking, I, I, I don't know if you even read that that oh, article. Yeah. Who was he was critiquing your article, you know. Right. Let me yeah, just say, no, I did. I, I, I'm fine with that. I mean, he's he's got his view, and and you know, it's funny because we agree on like 90 percent of the things. But uh, I uh -huh. think he didn't think I went far enough or whatever. But I I, I think the right. assessment that I made that is is standing the test of time pretty well. Yeah. So just a, a full disclosure, you know, Larry Johnson predicted that the uh, Islamic uh, radicalization and attacks were going to end, uh, and he predicted that, and I think it was February of 2001. Just saying, just saying. I, I oh, think, yeah. I think he was just a little bit off, just saying. Uh, a little like, after the... Uh, just a little, you know. Melbourne, right? he's, nine, an, nine he's clearly an analyst. Earth. He's just clearly mm. an analyst, just saying. <laughs> so, well, quick point. So, Danny, you know, I came out of the Army like you did. I used to oversee something called the Foreign Intelligence Command. This is before Defense Human Service stood up in 95. So, the Foreign Intelligence Command was made up of people about our age. And they used to go to briefings. And they used to say, we have over 480 years of operational experience. And I was always in the back saying, yeah, all of it bad. And mm. they, they hated me. And I, I, I wasn't too fond of them either. But I'm just saying, simply because you're an analyst doesn't make you right. Just saying. So, uh, you know, maybe Larry <laughs> right. ought to rethink his criticism. Yeah, I Thank thought you, that was Elizabeth. a great quote. Yeah. Bravery yeah. under combat does not mean you're qualified to do analysis. Like, I don't know. That's his opinion. But. Sounds I think like he's a little, um, little yeah. wrong there. It sounds like Larry Johnson is the Paul Krugman of politics. That's right. <laughs> wearing a Depends undergarment does not make you the president either. <laughs> just saying. Just wearing saying. Depends just, does not, you know, not make you dependable. That's right. That's ah. right. There you go. So mm -hmm. that's all fair. So I didn't know Larry said that. And I, I clearly I'm not a fan of Larry's anyway. So I, you know. Well, yeah, that was back in September. So it was just like two months ago. I've never been on this Christmas card list. I don't know why. Hmm. So strange. You're Maybe this year. Oh, Daniel, I should put you on my Christmas card list too. And Chris. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> She's serious. She is I'm the best person on cards. She is like I love Christmas cards. The card master. You know. So anyway, so uh, back to the, the Personalizing. Topic. So, yeah. so so well, Danny's gotta go soon. So Danny, um, before you go, uh I think you and I have been very clear on assessing the, the Ukraine situation. I don't have a dog in a fight, I never have. I'm not for or against either side. I'm you know. Putin's a, 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 a knucklehead and, a, and a, a bully who's murdered people in elevators, members of the media in elevators in Moscow. Zelensky is a guy that wears high heels and has a, a, a fetish for gerbils. Not not judging, not here to judge. But <laughs> there's no good that. there's no good guy here. And I don't know why we're taking sides. What do you think? Yeah, that's 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 one of the things I like to highlight too. There, there's no good side. There's just this side and that side, that's right. and they each have their own viewpoints, and they each have their own pros and cons based on mm -hmm. what their interests are, and they're fighting over it. And and look, I mean, if you need any more proof, look, the the uh, Minister of Defense for Ukraine and five of his top lieutenants were fired for corruption yeah. about a month ago, that's maybe two months ago, that's something like that. That guy is right now is coming to American University to speak. And be paid a lot of money like he has credibility. And I'm like, mm. wait a minute. You, you realize he just got fired for corruption and you're bringing him here to speak as, as an expert in, in Ukraine. But that's that's part of the mentality that's like, no, we've already decided that Ukraine's the good guy. So the actual facts, they just don't matter. So we're going to keep calling them the good guys. And, I, you know, you say you don't have a dog in the hunt. I guess 
maybe you do. It depends on the, the way we phrased it, which I do. I got our dog in this hunt. Well, I'm yeah, I mean, that's American what I mean, our dog. Um, yeah. And, and I, and I want to make sure that we don't get sucked into something we don't need to, or that we don't get another one of these open-ended forever. Here's my wallet. Just take all the money out of it perpetually, which means your money. Uh, and even though there's no outcome and no one is even holding any strings for it, for the outcome. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm never been for that. And if, if there was a chance to succeed and somehow there was a bit of positive for America, then I would be for it. But I don't see any military path for Ukraine to ever succeed. And so all this money is just going down an empty hole. And all it's doing is getting more Ukrainians killed and probably ultimately losing more territory. A whole generation of Ukrainians have died simply because of the uh, economic and political interests of the neocons in our country. And it's a travesty. So it is. Yeah. So, um, well, Danny, I, I probably should let you go because I know you got to go to another thing here in a few minutes. So uh, you've been very generous with your time. I'd like to come back on your show sometime if you'll have me. I enjoyed our Absolutely. time. Absolutely. So wouldn't wouldn't get, we'll get with Gary. Make sure that happens soon. And we're going to have you back on, too, because we want to see where things turn out in, in January, February, because I think uh, by then it's going to be uh, the Russians rolling forward, uh, unimpeded by uh, the Ukrainians moving into whatever they want to do with Ukraine. And I, 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 I hope mm -hmm. I'm I hope it's. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to be wrong on this. So just yeah. saying. We will find out soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Danny. We'll see you soon. Thank you. thank you so much. Great meeting you. All right. Uh -huh. So that was Danny Davis. We're going to uh, uh, circle back with him to use a Pierre Jean-Luc Picard term uh, and have him back on the show at some point, And I'll be back on his show. But uh, the one thing about Danny, we can talk about him behind his back now. Uh, what do you, I mean, you, Elizabeth, you've been in the army a long time. Why is the truth above a certain level unpopular? When you get the general officer, it seems like it's very like soft. Um, yeah, everybody thinks they have their own version of truth. Yeah. Um, who first made that? I think it was Kaylee McEnany when she was, um, or was it Sarah Huckabee? It was one of them when they first coined that term alternative facts. Yeah alternative truth it was one it was one of them and um and that just like really incensed uh cnn and so many people on the left it's like well we have our truth uh you have to follow ours like yeah i don't really get it but i, I um i know in the military you know working with with um officers like you um i worked with i mean most of them were great but you once they get that star it's like they get this huge ego and then the it gets more political for them. And so, yeah, whosoever truth fits closest to their agenda and what they want to put, like Mark Milley, what a great example. Oh. That guy should have been demoted a long time ago, but no, he retired <laughs> right earlier this year, right? And he still gets his huge re military retirement pay and all that great stuff. And he was a horrible leader. He might've been a good leader when he was younger. I think that's very possible. But well, I, he just no, I, huge I, ego. Yeah, no, he did. And huge other things, too, which makes it tough for the PT test. But that's another story. Yeah, I don't I, see him passing the PT test. No, he I wouldn't can do passed. it. No, you can trust pass me. The PT I, test. I know who uh, I, I have folks who tell me who actually works out at Fort Myer and who doesn't just saying so. And he's he's not one of those guys that's up early at dawn out there. Right. running. So enlisted um, and the and the younger officers. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I guess Mark's got a job now as a, a Bloomberg buyer. He buys a, a teenage girl uh, 
clothing. Uh, so, you know, goes to Hong Kong and buys those things. So it's, it's, it's a great place for him, buying uh, young girl clothes. Well, I don't well, know. I, I, I think, well, I, think on your feet, can't you? That's great. I, like I think I would have hired uh, General Amos Heftrack ahead of him, oh, or perhaps God. Colonel Wilhelm Klink. Uh, Hogan. Hogan. <laughs> Oh, my God. We're going to go down this path, aren't we? So one of my favorite colonels was Colonel Flagg. I was oh, not here. Oh, yeah. The Flag wind just broke its leg. I moved like the wind. That's right. I, I love that like scene. The wind just broke its leg. Oh, yeah. I, I always liked the mashes where Major Burns was in charge. Yes. Oh, Major Burns. Yeah. <laughs> well, the you know, the movie Burns and the TV Burns are very different characters because yeah, Robert yeah. Duvall played the movie burns which yeah yeah it's a very dark and marauding character not a knucklehead like uh, frank burns on the series i think so. i like frank larry linville did a great job with the burns though right they oh, turned him into a cartoon like character though yeah. that's something different but colonel flag was uh, a great part of the show uh, I, he was whatever he was in you knew something good was going to happen yeah oh man he was funny he just <laughs> took himself way too seriously he was so, he was such a great actor but i still like um i still didn't like the fact that they changed out uh uh Lieutenant Colonel, what's his name for Colonel Potter? So um, I just never liked that. Harry Morgan. Well, yeah. Here's yeah, something I, interesting. Harry Morgan was, Harry a Morgan good guy, was just serious. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's something interesting. Well, McLean Stevenson wanted to do his own show. I know. And he mm -hmm. did. Here's so here, here, hello, Larry. But here's the thing. <laughs> Think about it this yeah. way, all right? Um, what was it? Uh, what's his name? That Blake's plane was shot down. He was kind of destroyed by a bomb. Am I, am I correct? Well, he so was shot was down from Korea, going from Korea to Japan. Yes, there you go. So technically destroyed by a bomb, where his career was destroyed by a bomb. Right That's after true. that, hello, Larry. Yeah. So the, the juxtaposition was was there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he tried. Yeah, some kind of spun off, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's a, that you may want to think about that, Chris, as a one of the programs we do in the future. Uh, stars who had it made and made stupid decisions to go do something else and ruin their their future. All right, I'm going to put it out on a limb. I liked Hello, Larry, and I also liked In the Beginning. I also liked the McLean Stevenson show. So all, all those were good in my book. I didn't think I saw Hello, Larry. Can you oh, even yeah. find Hello, Larry or the McLean Stevenson show today? I don't know. But I, I think you watch, can on YouTube. Yeah, I, I watched the Joey Bishop show on YouTube. So, that, Oh, yeah, we were just talking about Joey Bishop yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> So I still I still think everybody should go check out the movie Wavelength for that our friend Cherie Curry's in. Just saying, yes. it's a great movie. Wavelength. Keenan Wynn. Keenan Keenan Wynn's in it. She told me that she and Keenan was a really great guy who actually helped mentor her during that filming. So. Oh, but, I but there's other good things in it too. So I'm just saying. anyway, there's plenty of great things in it. What we do have is something great now, though. Uh oh, <gasps> we have it's Tony's, Tony's take. Tate. Yes, we do. Tony's takes is. Powered by Sig Sauer, never settle. Never settle. We know that we know that you never settle. As a matter of fact, that's a that's right. Snazin Shuri Curry T-shirt for those of us who are, those of you out there who are listening. Yeah. That's very nice. That's yeah. right. You have to get me one of those. All right, <laughs> let's see what we have today. All right, how about this? So Not many too long ago, after the third Republican debate, it was a couple weeks ago, Vivek Ramaswamy calls out Republican Party Chair Rona McDaniel, calling her leadership. A culture of losing. She went into a public hissy fit over that. Now, first, mm -hmm. first, the 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 Vivmeister's right. The New York Mets like uh, losing system needs to end here. That's what they are. The the, the Republicans are the Mets of uh, of politics right now. And second, this <sighs> woman needs to take a page out of Hillary's book and keep those tirades to behind the curtains. Tony, what's your take? So I heard that she wanted to move to Jonestown and Guyana. I don't know if there's any <laughs> truth to that, but. That would be a good place for her, and she could have her own little compound and, you know, 
uh, have uh, really cool sunglasses and call everybody to work and, and move around. I think she'd look good as a Dr. Jones, don't you think? And Jim Jones, I think she'd look good in that role. If she really wants to uh, follow Hillary Clinton, she needs to start buying all those pantsuits and look like the silhouette you see on public restrooms. I, I don't think... Her, I'd rather see her as Dr. Jones than Dr. Ruth. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I think she'd look good with the... Uh, with uh, madman sunglasses, don't you? I think that'd be a good look for her. So, hmm. uh, uh, well, and, a, and a Hillary pantsuit. So you should be. Yeah. it's perfect. Those pantsuits yeah. are just hideous. <laughs> so, well, you know, it, it, if they're polyester, they're a fire hazard too. Because if you get too close to open flames, it's just you're you're naked as the day you're born, and that's not a good look. Mm-hmm. That's why I like all my army uniforms. They flash over. They would flash over. Yeah. Yeah. They they can't catch on fire. So anyway. we used to have a contest. We used to go to uh, Camp uh, Smith in Hawaii, and there was a big staircase that went up and down between the headquarters and the officers club. And our the challenge was, Elizabeth, we, we had people run up and down the stairs in, in Air Force and Army um, outfits and the uniforms. And we wanted to find out which would burn hot, hotter, uh, uh, Air Force polyester or Army polyester, because they do. It does chafe you. So we, we have like chafing contests not that that was let me guess air air force caught fire before army did well of course because you know they're hot hot yeah here you go anyway here's here's another one tony uh, you are you're you actually hold an environmental science degree so this is definitely one of yours let's get your take on this the white house released the massive fifth national climate assessment okay it's a big Mm -hmm. one it's a long one but you'll never guess who's at fault for climate change as far as the report's concerned. Um, it, no, go ahead. Tell me. Uh, um, humans. Or am I supposed to guess? Yeah, humans. It's us. It's all our fault. We're horrible people because we ruined Almost the environment. Sapiens. Right. Seriously, though, these climate change nuts try to pull this every year. We know about natural climate change. What's your take? So uh, I'm still quite, is who, who, what puts out more CO2, a volcano or Dr. Anthony Fauci? Because they must be close to being tied, I think. I, I would, I would, I would, I would venture that CO2 is good for you. I would submit this to so you because we need to, CO2 is where the, is where the plants breathe in. Don't they want to see the plants? That's basic science. I learned that in fifth grade. So we uh, breathe speaking, in oxygen. We breathe, we breathe out CO2. Right. Plants so breathe in CO2. They breathe out oxygen. It's a symbiotic kind of thing. So as a bonus, uh, the listeners get to know uh, the, uh, the actual hard science, as Elizabeth just said. And plus, I actually am a credentialed expert. So let me explain That's, it in terms that, that people can explain to understand. So, Chris or Elizabeth, how many trees are there on planet Earth at this minute, at, at this very moment? Oh, I know, shoot. I've, I used to know that. I've told you this before, and I'm sure you forgot. But I'll give a guess. Does anybody know? A lot. Is it like 300 trillion or something crazy? No, no. Well, I wish. No, it's it's three. Point zero four trillion trees. Three point zero. That's a yeah. that's a lot of trees. That's just trees. That's not even counting other green space like right, grass and right. other things that would actually burn CO2. So uh if you multiply that by the amount of CO2 consumed and processed by every tree, which is 48 pounds, we actually have a net surplus available to burn even more CO2. Think about that. Mm-hmm. So right. there is no climate crisis. So when old Boltneck, John Bolton, by the way, I used that last night with, with Ed Henry on air and I got him to laugh. Uh, old Boltneck, ah. uh, 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 you know, uh, senator slash former uh, 
State Department uh, John Kerry guy, <laughs> old Boltneck, uh, he's lying. They lie. It's you know, uh, it's it's all a, a big uh, grift. And I'm just telling you, there's nothing, there's no climate crises. You're right. Yeah. Zero zip. And all it is, by the way, uh, the, 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 what causes wildfires is bad forestry management it has nothing to do with, mm -hmm. with climate. What causes temperatures to go up and down? It's called the sun. It comes up and goes yeah, down every day. Exactly. I know this is hard to believe the left has a hard sun, time yeah. comprehending uh, the reality in which we live, but that is the fact. Yeah, you know, why don't we take science lessons from people who don't even know how many genders uh, there are, okay? Exactly. Or, or don't even know that uh, um, a biological male shouldn't be competing with women in sports. Uh, this is, it's, it's absolutely and vice crazy. Versa. Right. That's right. All right, here's another one for you, All okay? Right. Oh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik uh, earlier calls yeah. out Harvard and other universities, and she actually used this phrase that I thought was rather interesting. She called mm. she called them enablers of anti-Semitism. We see mm. what was going on. We see what's been happening. What's your take? So uh, most of these universities have uh, professors who suffer from chronic hemorrhoids. So when you have chronic <laughs> hemorrhoids, you basically have to, to teach things which are fundamentally uh, wrong. And so uh, I think you'll come to find if you did a survey of, of hemorrhoid sufferers, you'd find that the majority of them actually are in universities. College professors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially those on the left. Uh, folks on the right. Well, no, no. Think about this. Just, again, science. Think about mm -hmm. the fact that uh, people I know on the conservative side are like Ted Nugent. Ted's out doing things all the time. He's uh, active. Mm -hmm. People He's on our side. Well, Elizabeth and I spent some time together recently doing a parade. Everybody was happy. Everybody had a good attitude. Mm -hmm. uh, they were out there doing things. Uh, nobody was. I think, I think hemorrhoids, like, let me tell you, I think that's where, uh, not there's a connection, but I think that's where um, Mark Milley's going to end up in one of those jobs. Just saying. Oh. I, I mean, I don't know if he has hemorrhoids, but I don't know. It, it, mm. it, you know, if he does, he'll end up teaching at Columbia. Just saying. All right, that's got to hurt. All right, here's another one. Oh. Yeah. Um, that's a sad <laughs> itch. Itchy and hurty. That's got to hurt. Let's close that with some fun. All right. That fun, wasn't fun. fun. Who would win in a fight between the police squad? Um, group, the police squad unit, and Precinct 12 from Barney Miller, the detectives. Oh, man. It depends on which Nordberg you have available. Oh, that's true, because Nordberg so, can take a punch. Well, so I think no, I'm going to go with Barney Miller. No, no, no. No, no, no. There's two different Nordbergs. There is, Chris. Correct me, right? One is O.J. Simpson, and one is a big white guy that you never see his face. Right, right. right. Yes. Am I right? Exactly. Yes. So, so the answer right. is whoever has the Nordberg, who is OJ Simpson, is going to win. Uh, he could take a punch. He'd be the last man standing. That that is true. Oh, I think he'd do other things. Well, no. If you if it is it back then or today? Because OJ is kind of wandering around <laughs> Vegas right now with a cart like a homeless person. So I don't think he could do much this, these days. So well, I don't know because that's Levitt's what he's doing. That's a shame. Officer Levitt's loud yeah. suits could probably have something to say about that. Maybe kind of dis kind of uh, blind some of the people on the uh, on, on the police squad team. So, punch in after that. That's true. That's true. So tell me, who would win a fight between uh, the the uh, member member uh, uh, Robert Ulrich Ulrich in uh, SWAT? Remember the SWAT TV yeah. series? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Who would win between SWAT and McGarrett's Hawaii Five O? The the real one, the first one, right? 
Well, yeah, the real, the real one. one, the one yeah, where they would jump yeah. in a van and go shoot things up. So I, I would go, I would go uh, McGarrett and Fire and, and Hawaii Five O. I think McGarrett so. has a lot of special yeah. skills. They're very resourceful. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And who 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 could not He's go with the look. guy who always beat? Uh, uh, what was his? <laughs> what was the Chinese guy Wang Ho or something? Uh, like oh, that? Uh, Chin, Chin Ho. Chin Ho. Chin Ho, the bad guy. Yeah. By the way, oh, it was Wolf always, Fat was the bad guy. Wolf, Wolf, Wolf oh, yeah. Fat. Wolf Fat. Right. right. And McGarrett always beat the Chinese. Where's our McGarrett when we need him? Right. You know why isn't he in a room with Joe Biden uh, at meeting with Z? You know I don't get that. Uh, he's serving uh, the guy ice cream. I don't know. But what's <laughs> ice so, cream and a nap? Well, I so we only we have to go soon. We're, I've been yes. given the high sign. We've got about a minute left, so uh, I've got to wrap. So with that said. Do not wrap yourself in a depends like Joe Biden. Just that's oh, that's, that's the word of wisdom for the day, right? Because uh, the smell just lingers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It gets in the sofa too. Just saying. And that's just his president. That's why nobody wants to go to the West Wing these days. Just you know. Well, Almost somebody get... still left their crack in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's two cracks. There's the Biden crack and there's the Biden crack. Just saying. So. Exactly. That's right. On that note, this is a, this concludes another episode of the Hard Truth. Man, was it hard this time? Boy, that's, <laughs> that's like lingering, lingering uh, SWAT level red. Uh, <laughs> hard man, I'm telling you, that was a hard truth. All right, so we'll be back next week again with the Hard Truth. Uh, we'll see you again real soon. Thanks for being. Here.